1: Brought to you by E.P. Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show.
2: NASDAQ's down 34% for the year. It's just temporary bear market rally when the markets give us a day or two of upside. It's not an indication things have bottomed out. It doesn't feel like a bottom has been put in place. With that said, those can be famous last words. I think the market is waiting for the Fed to put in a pivot before the market's put in a bottom. Pivot would be the Fed saying, we're not going to raise interest rates anymore. We're going to wait. Or we're only going to raise them a little bit. Something different than the 75 basis point. Jump every meeting. Next meeting is in a couple of weeks, early November. And then we have elections, and then we have Christmas, and that's the end of the year. Chinese President Xi addressed China's Communist Party Congress meeting with the swagger of a guy who's about to become the most powerful Chinese leader since Mao Zedong. Speaking of China's biggest political summit, Xi boosted that his controversial zero-COVID policy touted the country's socialist economic system and in a big crowd pleaser. Reiterated his opposition to Taiwan's independence. That last one could be a little bit of a spoiler in the future years on market. Will China ever invade? Will they ever occupy Taiwan? Xi is expected to be reelected to his third five-year term, which has never happened before. He scrapped presidential term limits in 2018. So you may not look at him as much as you do a Putin, but he's kind of a Putin. Uh, As far as trying to establish himself for life as the leader. Xi painted a rosy picture of China's current situation. The reality is that the country's once booming economy is slowing significantly. And its ambitions to topple the United States as the dominant player in technology just took a major blow, courtesy of the White House, limiting the number of semiconductors exported to his country and chip-making equipment. China has struggled to create its own chips for industry, still depending on American tech. So there's some serious damage there. Um. There's a lot going on with China in the future. Elon Musk says he'll fund Starlink in the Ukraine after all. This was kind of a weird story that hit Friday. Elon Musk owns numerous companies. One of them is SpaceX. SpaceX has it what's called Starlink Broadband Internet Service, which is pretty darn cool. It's a lot of little miniature satellites in low orbit. It's created a network of internet for the deepest darkest regions in the world where there is no electricity where there is no power lines where there is no cable i guess there's electricity but you get the idea musk seems to be begrudgingly funding starlink for ukraine even though he asked the government like hey shouldn't the pentagon be funding this i don't really know Biden joins the greatest British pile on British Prime Minister, Liz Truss, tries to salvage her administration. The U.S. President Biden waited in the fray by calling her tax cuts, some of which she abandoned on Friday a mistake. It's interesting when we criticize other governments when I'm not sure we really handled the pandemic terribly well. I.e. Mr. Inflation standing there in the corner saying, you did not. Not a lot of rain right now. The Mississippi River. The river's basin accounts for 92% of agricultural exports and 78% of global exports of soybeans and f- feed. Um, it's, it's, it's droughting. We're hearing drought all across the country. Another thing to be worried about down the road, not today, but down the road. <clears throat> So the UK did a complete stock market about face. Capital markets clearly like that. The supportive disposition has been bolstered by better than expected profits this morning out of Bank of America. Um, S&P 500 could potentially get to 4,100 in a technical oriented way rally or if a recession or earnings capitulation can be avoided so now analysts are starting to say you know what maybe we're maybe we're too oversold apple got a interesting analyst call from morgan stanley over the weekend they label it the stock is a top pick in the event of an economic downswing according to cnbc Friday's downward market action, early action day should be a little bit more positive. Interesting news. We are getting oversold really quickly, and people are calling for a technical rally. Will you sell into a technical rally? Are you establishing long-term positions now? Very good questions. and questions you should have some answers for, hopefully, not just for me. Um, Taking a look at what we're expecting today, UK finance minister scraped out most of the tax measures from their prior mini-budget better than expected earnings from Bank of America. Morgan Stanley's technical strategist saying we could get a rally to forty one hundred pullback in treasury yields, leadership from big tech mega cap companies. So we started the day off in the green. It's not really where we start, is it? Kanye West is in the news today. I know you're saying, what's he doing now? Um, I guess I got to call him his correct name, right? Yee. Ye agreed to buy Parler. A conservative social media app after other platforms suspended him over anti-Semitic posts in a world where conservative opinions are considered to be controversial. We have to make sure we have the right to freely express ourselves, he said. Parler is one of the several right-wing friendly social media platforms to merge the Donald Trump era. don't know how much he paid for it, but we know his net worth is roughly $2 billion. Much of that fortune has been made off Yeezy sneakers and or partnerships with Gap and Adidas. But Yee has severed business ties with Gap and Adidas and it's reviewing his business relationship. J.P. Morgan Chase also cut ties with the rapper. Um, talking crazy about Jewish people, not good for your brand not good for your brand. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black.
1: For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com.
2: Have a big seminar coming up November 17th. That is one month from today. I hope to see you there. So far, the response has been great. Um, a lot of people are coming and it feels nice I plan to get a booster shot in the next week just so I don't bring anything to the party that you don't want me bringing um if that makes any sense first seminar in two years it's almost has me emotional to be honest with you that's how much I've missed them I'm a little surprised that I'm saying that out loud you can sign up for the event it's at the Elks Lodge in Palo Alto at Website Rob Black Show, use code event25 to get in for free as a radio listener. Markets are positive. Um, but I don't really like the day-to-day talking about what's happening in it's not nearly as beneficial for you as talking about some of the bigger picture issues, in my opinion. Um I see Emails come in on a regular basis that I think are pretty entertaining. Um, People who want to retire early. I get that. If there's one thing that I feel I understand pretty well is we shouldn't work till the day we die. And that we should try to figure out a good life balance somewhere in there. But retiring early to me can be a big mistake when I hear it come out of your mouth and I see how unprepared you actually are. If you have $600,000, is that a lot of money or not? I personally don't think it is. If you have a million, is that a lot of money or not? Now we're talking, but to retire early implies making that money last longer and suddenly I don't feel like, no, 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 millions not going to be enough if you want to retire at 40 or 50 or 55. Unless you're going to talk about taking a serious cut in lifestyle. A lot of people don't have a current retirement plan in any way, shape, or form. Even in mind, the United States was set up differently as a business in the 40s and 50s where there was a lot of pension plans at corporations. But as I've worked in the last 25 years, I've seen more and more pension plans go by and by and by and become bygone products of the previous generation. What will you do if you retire early? It's pretty interesting. Having saved up 600000 to a million dollars is nice. And it's something to be very proud of, especially when you do it by scrapping and saving versus inheriting. Wanting to retire is a big, big financial commitment to walk away from the workforce because you're also walking away from your youth. And what I say on the air is you work from age 20 to 60, then you live off from age 60 to 100. Essentially. Um, how do you have that money saved? Is it in an IRA or a Roth IRA? Is it in a 401k or a Roth 401k? If you were savvy enough to save in a Roth vehicle, 600000 to a million is a lot more money because it's already been taxed and it comes out tax-free within reason. There's so many taxes in this world. Um, It's pretty nutty in my opinion. So my big fear is you retire too early or you don't work long enough to the point that I'm kind of okay with the idea of not wanting to work till the day I die. But I'm also okay with the idea of working till I die. And then you're going, that's confusing. I wouldn't mind working a retail job or doing something that gets me out of the bed when I'm 16, retired, something that gets me off to work, something that gets me into a car, something that makes me take a shower, something that gets, makes me be social. Do you have that desire? I can tell you after my mom lost her health and in large part, I could say when she lost her ability to drive because she was starting to show signs of alzheimers and she started she, she got she she drove once and parked the car in the parking lot and started walking and police found her you know 6 hours later dehydrated and almost dead i love the idea of being active until you can't be active and then with my mom when she stopped being active she just watched tv until she died that was her that was her last 15 years of life um, losing her mind slowly and watching TV. So God forbid she turned off the TV incorrectly or the volume got turned down too low. She wasn't going to be able to fix it on her own. So when I see people want to retire early, I'm like, really? Don't do it too early. Once you stop being social, you stop being social. And that is not a good thing in my opinion. Most Americans are behind in saving for retirement. That's why I do this show. Workers between the ages of 40 and 73 have insufficient retirement savings to cover their income needs, and they're not saving enough to catch up. This is according to a new poll. Most people, or not enough people, are actively saving for retirement. One in four workers have no savings at all. So what's going to happen to them when they turn 60? And they lose their ability to drive. Those socking away money for retirement just aren't saving enough. Fifty-one percent of workers who were polled have under fifty thousand dollars saved. While only twenty percent have more than five hundred thousand. Only eight percent of workers have a million saved. And I'm telling you, a million dollars might be able to get you thirty to forty thousand dollars a year in income in retirement, and that's it. What's your budget? Social Security, I, I look at as uh, covering my Medicare costs. I don't look at it as covering my home or travel or restaurants. Among saver saving rates are not nearly high enough for even the youngest respondents in this survey. You should be saving... 15% of your income, not 3%. I'm happy that you're doing three, but that ain't going to get you far enough. So there's a lack of confidence. Um, you can sign up for the event that I have coming up at roblaxhow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Use the code EVENT25 to get in for free. KDO listeners only. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more.
1: You are listening to The Rob Black Show podcast. For more information on EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com.
2: Some headline news that's worthy of note. Kroger's plans to buy Albertsons in a $24 billion deal amongst supermarket giants providing a lifeline in what has been an absolute debacle of a year for mergers and acquisitions. Um, It's nice to see. I don't have any comment on Kroger's or Albertson's. I can tell you that my experience in the financial world has blown one or two cashiers my way with questions in the past. And I'm like, you know... Back when Safeway was publicly traded and Albertsons and Kroger's, every now and then you'll get one of the people who work there and they're lifers. You know, they started when they're 18 and now they're bagging groceries when they're 48 and they own some shares of the company. I'm like, you know, there's not a lot of profit in groceries and that's the biggest problem. So, Albertsons and Kroger's getting together, it doesn't surprise me. Groceries have logistical issues but the profit margins just aren't great Um Whole Foods came along and they started to charge a whole paycheck to get a bag or two of groceries was the idea cute right the high end has better margins and there is something attractive about groceries like we all have to eat right but in the end I get a lot of my groceries that I used to get. I get them from Amazon now. And I'm not just talking groceries like toothpaste and things like that. Um, And I'm going for the cheapest price per ounce. So there's not a lot of profits there. A company that I've never really understood. And I don't know. I just, I hate these kind of scenarios. But do you know Honey? That's the browser extension that helps you find coupons. It's a key part of a massive revamp of PayPal's cashback rewards program. The payments giant bought the browser extension 2019 for $4 billion. Um, you know, every now and then you're like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll sign up for this. Whether it be Rakuten or Honey, you turn it on and then you're like, the next day you're shopping for something on Amazon and it gives you coupons and you go to try to punch in the coupon, it doesn't work. You're like, I, I need to take that off. That's just junking up my browser. I've never really understood it. It's one of those things that is unfortunate because like I was talking to CFP Chad Burton a couple years ago and I was like, so what credit cards do you have? <clears throat> I've got the Verizon credit card because I use Verizon for my cell phone and that gives me 4% back on groceries and 4% back on gasoline. I don't buy a lot of gasoline, but I have a city double cash card for those purchases that don't qualify for anything like travel or hotels, and it's 2% back in cash. And then I have a hotel card for airplanes and hotels and Airbnbs. Those are the major categories that I spend on, and everything else falls in that city double cash. So I use three different cards and I use them pretty intelligently. Pay them off every month. So I'm getting just between two to four percent off on everything I'm buying. Um and I asked Chad, I'm like, What do you what do you use? How how's your credit card profile looking? He's like, nah, I don't I don't do that. The wife does that. <clears throat> and so it's just like with me and those you know coupons that tie into your extensions it's like yeah i don't do that So that was kind of interesting so what coupons do you use um james gorman he's morgan stanley's uh analyst he thinks that there's gonna be a washout amongst fintech valuations and it could lead to one of the wall street's favorite things consolidation The bank's CEO at Morgan Stanley said founders need to come to terms with the fact that their valuations from 2021 are long gone. So if you happen to go to Stanford Business School or Berkeley and you're an MBA and you're finding yourself like, hey, I'm going to do something brilliant and I'm going to start my own company. Gorman said, you know what? You are more valuable in 2021 than you are in 2022, and you need to suck it up and know that. Interesting, right? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. One of the things that you're going to need to do is learn how to withdraw intelligently from your assets when you retire so that you don't hit unnecessary taxes. That is something that I plan to make sure we go over on the November 17th seminar in Palo Alto. Um, I would be very hesitant to use the word tax optimized, but having an an optimized tax strategy is very, very helpful. Um, Finding a financial planner that you can work with is very, very difficult. I know a lot of people get freaked out that there's a financial relationship, Um, and I don't think you should be freaked out. I think if you have assets that are worth accumulating for your life, you should try to optimize how you spend them, because I certainly think you sacrificed how you accumulated them. There's times where I want to spend money (laughs) on something stupid. I've never been a car guy, though. That's one area that um, I've really, really done well in. My first marriage didn't last long and it wasn't a costly affair and there was no children. I've never had a thing for cars. So marriages didn't end up in a financial disaster for people. Cars can create financial strain and houses, they've worked out really, really well for me in large part because of low interest rates. Not because I'm a genius, because low interest rate made it cheap for me to get in and it made it cheap for someone to take it away from me. I would not be as confident today buying a home with a mortgage rate of 7% versus is really confident when it's two and a half percent. Those are the three things that can financially hurt you. A home, a spouse um, are the big ones, right? Cars are just silly. Uh, Wharton professor Jeremy Siegel said the housing market is distorting high inflation ratings because housing data is lagging. He expects home prices to fall up to 15%. I like Jeremy Siegel. Now, keep in mind, Jeremy Siegel is a spokesperson, he's a smart spokesperson, Um, but he represents Wharton's. School of business. So he gets paid for being a professor, but he also gets paid for getting on the news and saying, you know, look, let's take a look at that CPI number. And he's saying housing prices by every indicator are going down, not up. The housing market's seen a cool down in sales this year, thanks to more than doubling in the average for a 30 year fixed mortgage. The average 30 year mortgage rate now sits at 6.92%. He expects housing prices to fall 10 to 15%, and the housing prices are accelerating on the downside. Such a decline would send the median sales price of a new home for a single-family home in the U.S. to just under $375,000 from its record high of $440,000. Do you remember when I said there's three things that can cause you to lose money, and homes was one of them? So at 6.92%, I'm not feeling good about it mortgage rates. Now, if houses do fall 15%, I'm going to feel a little bit better. So I don't really have a need for a house right now, but if I did, I'm getting my finances in order right now because in 18 months from now, I expect to pull the trigger. And it takes a long time to get your finances in order. Check your credit today. If you haven't checked your credit in five years, annualcreditreport.com. It's free. You can check it once a year through three different credit bureaus so that in theory, you can check it three times a year. I do it every four months. And for me, it's kind of fun because when I do it, it's, um, I don't know, I I guess it's like um, a baseball nerd who likes to look at box scores from 10 years ago. I like looking at my, my numbers. It's really weird that I say that out loud. But back to Jeremy Siegel, housing prices by every indicator going down, not up, even rentals. Yes, they're going up from contracts from a year ago, but to people right now, and you're seeing that what's being offered by a landlord is lower than it was a year ago. But that's going to play out for the next year if you sign the contract today. What's playing out right now is what you signed a year ago when you signed a one-year rental. It's going to be an interesting twelve months on real estate. Fortunately, and this is one of the saddest parts about two thousand six, two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Working in TV, I was doing a live TV show thirty minutes a day. Now I do a like a five to seven minute spot, but I was doing a thirty minute produced show, and you know the sales team from cron would come in and like, "Hey, we got a sponsor for you." I'm like, who you got? Because I'm really good at like mortgage people. I'm really good with financial planners. Um, uh, you could kind of figure out since I'm talking money, people who are in the business of service, uh, finances, they obviously, but they got me lawyers and the lawyers were all about representing you cause you bought a house and then the value went down and you wanted to get out of the house cause you lost your job. So the foreclosure mortgage attorneys came on my show and I hated it. I hated it. Because what they do is they write a letter to your creditor saying, oh, he lost his job. He's not going to pay you back. And that was about the work that they did for $4,000, a letter. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening to the show.
1: Visit the Rob Black Show online at robblackshow.com. Listen to archived podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth Certified Financial Planners online at robblackshow.com.
2: So one of the players in the world of finance is a guy named Carl Icahn. He is, in my belief, what Donald Trump wants to be. But Donald Trump is kind of a faux billionaire New Yorker. Icahn did it; like he made the money, he earned the money, he traded, he invested. He didn't inherit from daddy, um, and he comes across as very New York when you hear him talk, like. Not in a bad way. Very arrogant. You're saying, how is very arrogant? Not in a bad way. He just works for me. He was talking with a financial media company over the weekend. And one of the things that he said is he can't cure white hot inflation. Okay, so we have white hot inflation. That's premise number one, right? But you can't cure it. That to me was well said. If you go back to the 1970s, he was alive as an investor in the 70s, so he knows white hot inflation. We had white hot inflation in the 1970s in the United States. We raised interest rates. And for those of you under 25, get ready for the scariest thing you've ever heard. Um, We aggressively raised interest rates. 22%. When you're borrowing money to buy a house at 15% on a mortgage, it's ludicrous. Do you want the American dream that much? Could we get there again? I don't think we could. But when you raise interest rates above 10%, you are going to slow down world economies. But what you're really doing, and I think what he's trying to say, is you're killing jobs. When you borrow money at 10%, 15%, you don't have a lot left over after servicing your debt for things like paint, grass seed, a new patio, things that require workers. He says you kill jobs. That's how you kill white-hot inflation. This earnings season, as we are now in the month of October, we need to see some job losses if we want to see inflation come down. Now, we want inflation to come down because the Federal Reserve is fixated. They have a dual mandate. One is for full employment or try to maintain full employment in the United States. And the other one is to conquer inflation. But there's also some other things that they they are part of their mandate, like financial stability. And the fear is that what the Federal Reserve is doing right now is creating some instable financial security. And you saw last week, the Bank of England really have some big problems with debt. Strong dollar is kind of the result of fighting inflation. But the strong dollar has ramifications on the price of oil. The strong dollar has ramifications on banking products. So I'm with Carl Icahn on this one. We need job losses. If we get through the earnings season, it's good. I'm fine. But if we haven't announced a couple million job cuts, I'll be like, ah, it's not good. So when Intel reports, you need to hear Intel say something like, we're going to cut 15,000, 20,000 employees. We've heard in the headlines, Facebook, Google, Microsoft say, we're going to, we're not hiring right now. We're, Putting a freeze on hiring. They're dramatically growing companies. They're always hiring. So in a way, by not hiring, they're not creating jobs, which is not like taking away a job, but you can kind of see how it's playing into the scenario. We need some job cuts. Oh, everyone's calling for... um, This is hilarious. Everyone's calling for the head of um, Mark Zuckerberg now. It's suddenly cool now. To um, push out the idea that he needs to resign, that his vision of the metaverse is costing shareholders at Facebook billions of dollars. I think there's some truth to that. Um, We're starting to get some emails out of employees that say, Mark's only happy when he comes up with a crazy idea and he tries to sell everyone. it. And if he doesn't make you happy, he starts to pout. That's when you're, it's gone to your head. Um, do you remember the first George Bush daddy, the CIA one? There was a moment in time where as president of the United States, he needed to photo op. So he went to a grocery store and he was amazed that there was a scanner that you know read the barcode and the person didn't have to punch in a price. Just out of touch, right? not getting what the average person gets. I think Zuckerberg's kind of losing that. And the only reason I can tell you that is when you watch the videos for his Metaverse vision, um, first and foremost, he's asking his own employees, can you guys please log on to the Metaverse and uh, so we can get those numbers up? That's not a great sign when you're having to ask your employees to do it. But he puts himself in all the videos. And that's just weird. I mean, it is seriously weird. Silver lining to the 25% decline in the stock market this year is there's less risk of a lost decade going forward. Um, if you're under the age of 55, this is the best thing that's ever happened to you. One minute, A down market. I'm saving more money. Um, And I'm looking for areas where I can cut spending so I can save more money in a down market. Lumber prices have rallied this month despite a slowing housing market and rising mortgage rates. That's one of the ones we're going to be keeping an eye on because lumber is a big part of building homes. And we saw lumber prices skyrocket during the pandemic. But then we saw them come all the way back down. Um, What's the true inflation? That was a pandemic inflation. That was transitory for sure. Or was it? After we come out of the pandemic, we'll see even more and more. How sticky was it? How much did it create an incentive to raise lumber prices 3%, 4 5% every year? 10. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Use code EVENT25 to get into the event November 17th in Palo Alto. Sign up at RobBlackShow.com.
1: Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show.